Happy Halloween, Junior Ambassadors, nerds and nerdettes of all ages, and welcome to a special Halloween episode of the Nerd Nine Nations podcast. I am your ambassador to the Midwest United States, Jared Boots, and with me as always is my co-host of the Great White North of Canada, Miss Melissa Nickerson. Melissa, happy Halloween. Hey, happy Halloween. Well, and if you're uh, if you're listening to this in the day it came out, then yeah, happy Halloween. Otherwise, happy All Saints Day. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> uh, Melissa, what'd you ask the Great Pumpkin for this year? Uh, I asked for a million dollars, which Good. probably won't happen. But you know, <laughs> I asked for a football. <laughs> I'll probably get a rock. <laughs> Who gives a kid a rock, honestly? Some asshole. <laughs> I want to see them remake Halloween Ends, but with Charlie Brown being the Charlie character. Well, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> With him being the main antagonist that turns into the new Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the kid's been treated like shit his whole fucking life. Exactly. By everybody but his dog. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird side tangent. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of Michael Myers, <laughs> um, tonight's episode uh, was inspired by a conversation and dedicated to my coworker Mikey, um, who couldn't make uh, join us tonight. Uh, one day at work, Mikey and I were chatting, like, "What's your favorite kill by certain slashers?" And I got Mikey and I think, and so I pitched this idea to Melissa. I'm like, Melissa, how about we do an episode about this? So tonight we're talking about our favorite kill by slashers. So Melissa, um, how a scale of one to ten? How excited are you for this? Be honest. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Spinal tap. <laughs> Um, on a, a scale of all the lists that we've done in episodes past, where would you like rank this as like level of difficulty to come up with one, like to come up with an answer? Honestly, this one is actually um, 
fairly easy because there was a couple that I immediately thought of. Um, and it was just that, you know, I had seen, you know, the films, you know, quite a few times more often than a couple of the others. So um, I kind of was just like, oh, this one and this one. And um, so it was actually fairly simple uh, to come up with uh, answers for this one. Although it was kind of interesting. It was the, the only challenge was sort of picking one that was sort of like the good one that I really liked um, because they're all kind of good in their own way. So that was a little bit of the challenge, but otherwise it was like, ooh, this one and this one. And so, yeah. I would say this, I think for me, it would depend on the franchise. Because some of you, just, like my, my Nightmare on Elm Street pick, I knew it right away. No ifs, no buts, no coconuts. This is my favorite one. Same <laughs> with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I would say. Okay. Those two flat out, I knew. Like, definitely. Yeah. But there's a few that, like, like Child's Play, for example. Like, I really had to sit and think. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, even I found that one. That one was a little bit of a challenge because I did think immediately of one. And then um, I had to, I found on youtube a couple clips giving just like a breakdown of all the, the kills in each film and it was like oh like i completely forgot about different ones and so then it was like oh my answer changed i think i don't know a couple times because <laughs> i kept being reminded of of the ones so yeah all right so we're gonna run down a quick list uh, so we picked so we have Five different slashers that we chose from. We have Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. We have Michael Myers from the Halloween franchise. We have Jason from the Friday the 13th franchise. Freddy from the Nightmare Nelson franchise. And Chuck And for a nice little bonus round, we are going to name our favorite Jigsaw Trap from the Saw franchise. <laughs> I know that was one Melissa was chomping at the bit to get to. <laughs> oh yeah, I was so excited for that. Like, whoa, it was crazy. Like, like oh my god, when can we get to Jigsaw? Because it's like my favorite. <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Tobin Bell. <laughs> you good, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You are a podcasting goddess. Get your shit together. It's Halloween. <laughs> All right. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So I, I think with all these franchises, we have at least a minimum of at least almost eight films to choose from. 
yeah. amongst all these franchises. So I'd say at least eight. I know Halloween's up to thirteen. I think. I think, Chase. I think Friday Thirteenth is up to twelve. We count Freddy versus Jason. Probably. Yeah. So we are going to go in chronological order from when the character debuted. So the first one up is our good old boy down in Texas, Leatherface. So, Melissa, before we dig into your choice, did you have uh, any honorable mentions for Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Uh, no, I didn't, actually. Then uh, what is your pick? Uh, my pick is from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Ooh, and that's a good it's, one. Yeah. And it's when uh, Buzz gets uh, chainsawed in the head. That is a good one. I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 in so long. <laughs> I think uh, when I get home from work on Halloween night, that's when I'm going to pop on on Shutter. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe do a double feature. There you go. That'd be a good one. Right, what yeah. is it, boy? The saw or sex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think well, Drayden is my favorite fucking character of the Sawyer family, so that means I get more of him. Mm-hmm. Drayden did it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I haven't seen that one in a long time. Oh. Yeah, that one I had a hell of a lot of fun with when I first watched it. It's it's so much different from the first one, and it's just it's it's just a hell of a fun time. But yeah, it, that... it's probably the be- it's probably the best sequel in the whole franchise. Hmm. Um, I actually had a runner up. Uh, from my favorite Leatherface kill. And um, I think, well, since you picked Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, I think the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, at least in the first two, I think they have perfect jump scares. Because uh, one of my favorite scenes in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is when uh, Chop Top and Leatherface are in the uh, radio station. Oh, yeah. This is where you keep the golden oldies and... Leatherface just rubs up that song, comes running out of the dark. Yeah. Uh, one of the best jump scares ever. Mm-hmm. But um, my runner-up for favorite Texas, Chains- favorite Texas Chainsaw Massacre kill was Franklin. So it's another great jump scare where his sister's pushing him through the woods, and all of a sudden that saw just fires up, and he's right fucking there. Yeah. As they turn that flashlight on, it hits Leatherface, and that he is right there in your fucking face. Mm-hmm. Revving that saw up, I go. That's a great fucking jump scare. Toby Hooper was a master at those. Yeah. But uh, my favorite kill from Leatherface is still from the original, and that's uh, when he kills Jerry with that big old hammer. Mm. Yeah. I think that's just a legendary scene. He comes out of nowhere. That fucking hammer knocks his ass out. You get him twitching on the floor, and you get the iconic slamming of the door. Mm-hmm. To me, yeah. nothing says Leatherface quite like that. Yeah, he doesn't have the saw in that one. 
was such a great because you get that first reveal of Leatherface. You get that kind of a fucking brutal way to go. Yeah. And you get that iconic slamming of the door. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely. I do like your choice, too. <laughs> We're going to hop on our little slasher bus and take a trip up to Haddonfield, Illinois to visit our friend Michael Myers in the Halloween franchise. Melissa, what is, happens to be your favorite? Old, again, any runner-up for this one? No, I don't have a runner-up for this one. Okay. Uh, then what is your favorite kill in the Halloween franchise? Um, <clears throat> it's actually from the first one, and it's when the character Linda is uh, strangled to death with a phone cord, and Michael is dressed as the ghost Bob. Okay, Melissa, I'm giving you a chance to come clean now. What? You and I both love PJ Souls very much. Uh-huh. Is this picked because PJ Souls is topless? <laughs> <laughs> no. You're, you're amongst you're amongst friends here. <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually I'd forgotten about it and then when I saw the like when I was watching the clip on YouTube of it. I was like, oh yeah, that one. So that was my reasoning. It was <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. I had I well I did have an original pick for this one. So I guess it is kind of a runner up. Um it was from uh which one was it? Uh was it the second one? Second or fourth film? I can't remember which. Um, apparently, and this was from a list of uh, kills from each Halloween film. Um, it was apparently where uh, you get injected with a like a syringe, and then like the air, whatever. I can't remember what happens. Um, or something like that. Anyway, and it was like, oh, I kind of like that one. And then this one came up. So. Yeah, I believe that. it's Halloween two. Okay. I believe Michael kills one of the nurses with syringe. I know he killed a doctor by sticking a syringe in his eye, but I believe he yeah. kills one of the nurses with a syringe. Okay. Yeah, that, that was my, my pick, because it's, it's also kind of hilarious in a way, because he's like, he got Michael Myers dressed up as a ghost with the glasses. <laughs> Oh, speaking of, uh, I actually had two runner-ups for Halloween, and one of my runner-ups is the Bob kill. Okay. I know everybody likes to poke holes in the fact that this big-ass butcher knife, and how can it go through Bob and through the wall? (laughs) It's such a cool fucking kill, so who cares? Yeah. (laughs) But I just love the iconic Michael head tilt afterwards. That became synonymous with the character doing the head tilt after he sticks Bob up on the wall. Yeah. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Halloween Ends yet, that kill does make a comeback in Halloween Ends also. Somebody gets killed the same way Bob did. Okay. 
But uh, I had a second runner-up too, and the it was from Halloween 2018. It's a series of continuous long shots of Michael making killing random people. Oh yeah. So I think I'm trying to say it starts off with Michael going into a garage or a tool shed and grabbing a hammer, going into a house, into a kitchen, killing a lady, grabbing the butcher knife, Michael walking out of the kitchen, past the crying baby in the living room, out the front of this house, down the street, encountering kids, walking up to the house next door, walking up to the front door or in the window, looking in the window, going back, you see his shadow going around the house as the woman comes into the living room. Then Michael comes in, stabs her through the neck in front of that window, and he walks right out the front door again. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> That's a badass shot. like that. Yes. It just shows the brutality of Michael. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Michael's brutality, my favorite Halloween kill has to be from Halloween kills. It's Michael laying waste to all the first responders that show up to Lori's house on fire. Mm. Michael just 61 years old, being on fire. House on fire around him, locked in the basement. He just comes out and lays waste to every first responder using everything they brought against them. Axes, jaws of life, like everything. Holy shit. And I I know we talked a little bit in the last episode. I think what the probably the worst thing about the Blumhouse trilogy is probably been the PR department. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one of the best things that at least the first two films have done in the Blumhouse trilogy is made Michael brutal. Yeah. And this scene is a perfect uh, depiction of that. Mm, absolutely. Like there's, there's been some really good kills in this franchise. Like, like the, but um, for example, Halloween Six is the one that gets poo pooed on the most because the whole thorn bull crap. That will Halloween Six and Halloween Resurrection take the most slings and arrows easily. Uh, but the first Halloween movie I ever saw was Halloween Six, starring Paul Rudd. Yep, and uh, are you a big Western film fan at all? Yeah. Have you seen the original True Grit with John Wayne? Mm, I think I have. Yeah. Well, the original gal in that film, Kim Darby, is in Halloween 6, and... Her kill always stuck out to me because I was, what, 12 years old and I saw this film. And she's running through her backyard through all these sheets and she pulls the sheet back and there's Michael with an axe. (laughs) Swing! And those white sheets are red. (laughs) It's not a glamorous glamorous kill, but it's the first Michael Myers kill I've ever seen. And it stuck Mm -hmm. with me. Yeah. You never forget your first kill when you see a slasher for the first time. Nope. <laughs> well, I definitely don't. What is your favorite? Okay, let's see. Now, okay, we're in Haddonfield, Illinois. 
So back in the bus, we're taking a trip up to Crystal Lake, New Jersey, and visit our boy Jason, the Friday the 13th franchise. Now, if you want, I'll give you a pass if you have one from the first one, and because it's Pamela. But uh, what is your favorite kill in the Friday the 13th franchise? Mine, and this was like my immediate, yes, this is my absolute favorite one. Uh, <laughs> this one was a super easy one to choose and it comes from uh, a new beginning <laughs> and it is the enchilada guy getting stabbed in the outhouse <laughs> you mean spider from return of the living dead yep <laughs> Miguel Nunez Jr ooh baby ooh, ooh baby <laughs> Damage Lotus. <laughs> well, <laughs> technically, that's Roy, <laughs> not Jason. But... Sake. <laughs> well, I'll allow, I'll allow yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I knew it'd fuck up at some point. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite? Moving on. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Uh, I, I, we talk about like those first kills that stick with you. Mine was, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Vic killing uh, uh, Roy's son, Joey. Oh, yeah. Over a fucking chocolate bar. Yeah. The dude just blows up. <laughs> Vic had serious rage issues. Like I think it's the cinema snob. Who gave this guy an axe? Who gave a guy with serious anger issues an axe? <laughs> like, yeah, really. Uh, yeah, I'm a good news junior. That's a good one. Ooh, baby. Ooh, ooh, baby. <laughs> Uh, I actually had a runner-up for this one, too. Did you not have any runner-up for Friday the 13th? Nope. Okay, uh, I had a runner-up for this one. Uh, for the, It's from Jason Takes Manhattan. And it's uh, Julius uh, boxing with Jason on a rooftop. Oh, yeah. He gets all worn out. He goes, give me your best shot. And Kane Hodder knocks his head off in one punch. <laughs> right into a fucking dumpster. Yep. That's a good one. <laughs> I did kind of like the angled shot too of, of the Kelly Who um kill in that movie too. Just all the different angles. Like she everywhere she turns, Jason's right there. Yeah. Uh, but um but my favorite kill in the Friday thirteenth franchise has to be our good old boy. Our good buddy uh, Jimbo from uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter. Hey, where's the corkscrew? Bam! Corkscrew <laughs> through the hand. Butcher hit butcher knife through the fucking skull. <laughs> picking that one's kind of fitting because uh, Ted White, who played uh, uh, Jason in that film, just recently passed away as of this recording. Yeah, he did. I think he's the third Jason actor to pass away. 
Because I believe the guy who played Jason in part three passed away, and then somebody from part two. Hmm. So I believe this is the third Jason actor to pass away. I was also thinking about uh, the remake. Um, It's not the fanciest of kills, but I do like when he takes out uh, the one guy by just chucking the axe across the yard and stick him in the back. <laughs> it's not like a glamorous over-the-top kill, but I just love it so much. That opening scene of the remake is awesome, too, when he he's roasting the girl alive in the sleeping bag and gets the one guy caught in the bear trap and shit. Mm-hmm. All right, Melissa, back on the bus. All right. And we're now going to Springwood, Ohio. Visit our friend Freddy in the Dream World. So, any runner-up for the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise? Well, I mean, it's kind of the obvious one, and I, that was something I didn't want to do was kind of you know pick the obvious ones that probably everybody else would think of. But I mean, the um, like in the the first one with like Johnny Depp's character getting killed in bed. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's an iconic. That's probably the most iconic kill in the entire film. Yeah, probably almost in horror movie history. Yeah, I'd say so for sure. Um, But yeah, that one that one's you know the obvious one because that one's just you know the most iconic. Absolutely. Um, But I picked from um, the third film, Dream Warriors. Uh, Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> that one did cross my mind as a potential runner up. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I also like what's the other girl's name in Dream Warriors? Uh, Tara? Well, that had the In My Dreams, I'm Beautiful and Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's her name. I can't remember. That's a good one. That's I do love the setup of Zsa Zsa Gabor and uh, Dick Cavett. Because mm. what do they say in uh, Never Sleep Again? Dick Cavett said he wanted somebody who would like never be on. He would never have on his show for that cameo. Mm. <laughs> and it's fucking Zsa Zsa Gabor. Because <laughs> he just hated Zsa Zsa Gabor. <laughs> and the effects for that kill are really good too. Yeah. And that would be what, 1987? 87, 88. So that's like really good effects for that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, good choice. Good choice. Another iconic one too. That's probably. <laughs> If you did like a top three iconic kills for the whole franchise, I'd say go Johnny Depp, then Welcome to Primetime, bitch. I don't know. I think everybody said, I think everybody knows the Power Glove, too, from part mm-hmm. six. Freddy's Dead, the Final Nightmare. Yeah. Video game kill. I think everybody knows that one. Um, 
Yeah, I'd say definitely that's a top, that's definitely a top three. Uh, the welcome to primetime, bitch. Mm. Absolutely. I actually don't think I I don't have a runner up for this one actually. Okay. Um, but now that I just mentioned part six. I think the one with Carlos and the hearing aid is pretty good. Makes mm. Carlos's uh, head explode. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but my favorite kill from the f- franchise ironically comes from my least favorite movie in the series, and that's uh part five, the dream child. Uh, Mark getting killed by Super Freddy in the comic book kill. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is the corniest thing, but Dan does it look so damn cool too. Mm-hmm. To see that two dimensional mark start draining. Out of ink or out of color, like that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that's another kill too. Where there's another good kill in that movie too, with the uh, Freddy dressed as a chef feeding this girl until she explodes. Oh yeah, that's another good one too. Mm-hmm. Like God, that's probably my least favorite film in the franchise, but it's got some good kills in it. Mm-hmm. All right, we're kind of at a fork. Okay, we are, we're back in the bus, and we're kind of at a fork in the road. Do we go to New Jersey or Chicago? Because <laughs> this guy gets around. <laughs> our, our next one takes place. Is Our next slasher is Chucky. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite kill in the Child's Play franchise, Melissa? Uh, mine comes from uh, Child's Play 2. And it's when it's basically near the end when they're in the the factory, and the guy comes to fix the um, machine, and he gets his neck slashed and his eyes gouged out, and then he gets the doll eyes inserted. It's amazing how OSHA did not shut down that factory. <laughs> Even after the first guy got killed, the beginning of the film when they're rebuilding the Chucky doll, like how did OSHA not like? that thing shut down right <laughs> and how is one maintenance man running that entire factory by himself at night exactly but yeah that's a good one mm-hmm. then somehow Chucky's able to like tie him up later and have mm-hmm. him swinging like I don't get how that happens because Chucky only has one hand at that point I know no, <laughs> oh, you don't. You, you don't think about it. You can't with these movies. <laughs> you just can't. Like you, you just gotta go with it and be like, "Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah." I'm going with it. I'll buy it for a dollar. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I was at one point thinking uh, Mrs. Kettlewell's death from that one. Oh yeah. And uh, what blew my mind is I was recently watching uh, a dead meat count kill count on uh, Willie's Wonderland. You're familiar with that film, right, Melissa? Yes, I am. You know, the cop is Mrs. Kettlewell from Child's Play 2. Um, I was today years old when I found this out. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea. like, huh? 
Okay, then. <laughs> I, I always, the first time I saw Willie's Wonder, I'm like, that lady that plays that cop looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> a year later, I go, oh, yeah, it's Mrs. Kettlewell from Child's Play 2. <laughs> okay. I think Chucky could look into the future to Willie's Wonderland. That's why he wrote, fuck you, bitch, on Andy's homework to her. Yeah. Fuck you, bitch. You locked you locked Nicolas Cage and Willie into a with a bunch of killer animatronics. Yeah. Oh I actually have quite a few. Uh I actually have two uh runner up for this one. Uh my first runner up comes from Curse of Chucky. And that is when Chucky kills the babysitter. And it has this great. The the setup is like the the babysitter's uh, having an affair with the kid's mom that she's watching. I think she's like not really babysitter. She's more of a nanny, I would say. Um, The nanny she's having an affair with the mother when they're trying to make you think that it's actually the father she's having an affair with, but it's actually the mother. And they're doing like the least sexy cyber flirting ever she's sitting there in her underwear on her laptop and the dot the daughter and chucky are in the bed behind her and the mom is watching the video and she sees something move and she thought it was the daughter and it's actually chucky getting out of the bed camera pans over chucky's standing there and he kicks over a bucket of water and electrocutes the babysitter And another runner-up is from Child's Play 3. And it might be dumb as hell, but the garbage man kill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I believe it, uh, the, the the emotion, what the cinema snob describes as scared, pissed Chucky. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that yell he does when he's getting raised into the dumpster and then the, shit! <laughs> He falls into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that death trap of a fucking garbage truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my favorite kill has to be Tiffany's death in Bride of Chucky. Because Melissa, I don't, I don't, I know you haven't seen Bride of Chucky yet, but I'm about to sell you on Tiffany's death here. Okay. 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 I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany is electrocuted by Chucky, much uh-huh. like the nanny, but she's in the bu- bubble bath watching Bride of Frankenstein. Uh-huh. When Chucky comes in and Kicks the oh she kicks Chucky away at first. Then Chucky pushes the TV the tray with the TV on it into the bathtub and electrocutes Jennifer Tilly. So you get a naked Jennifer Tilly watching Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I guess this was a death originally planned for Aunt Maggie. In the first child's play, was to have her being electrocuted in the bathtub. Hmm. So I guess if that was a kill that was originally slated for her, I guess you could say, Chucky said Tiffany was a real bitch and got what she deserved. 
<laughs> There's, I really, I love Jennifer Tilly. I'm not going to lie. I love Jennifer Tilly. She's like one of the highlights of those later films because Bride of Chucky's okay. I think that my point, my opinion, that's where the franchise started to slide a little bit, started to dip. Uh, John Ritter was good in it too. Um, yeah, it's Cena Chucky and not a fan of Cena Chucky, but having Jennifer Tilly involved in the franchise since then has been a huge plus. And the fact that they've kept Brad Dorf the entire time mm. has been great. If you don't, if you'll not count in the remake, of course. Yeah. But, um, but having Jennifer Tilly involved since Bride of Chucky has been really great for it. Also having the same creative source behind the two because Don Mancini has been involved since Child's Play, the first Child's Play. Mm-hmm. And then, like they said on Dead Meat, that is extremely rare to happen for a horror franchise to have the same creator be there throughout the whole entire thing. Oh, absolutely. Obviously, it's, you know, um, it, it's something that he, you know, enjoyed creating and, you know, definitely, you know, didn't want to separate himself from it. So, or there was no, like, outside, you know, studio saying, oh, we want somebody else or, you know, like something stupid like that. So, you know, it's pretty cool. And from what I've seen from the Child's Play show so far, like, I, I'm way behind on the series, but it's... Um, I was talking to Melissa off air because she hasn't seen all the Child's Play films. Uh, in my honest opinion, this is my opinion only, the franchise starts to dip around Bride of Chucky because it starts to lean more on the humor aspect of it. Seed is just a flat-out comedy. And then it starts to get back to the horror roots with uh, Curse of Chucky. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of maintained that trajectory. The series, which is now, I guess, in season two, has maintained that trajectory since Curse. So, which is which is good. But yeah, a lot of people think that three is the weakest of the franchise. Yeah, three is rushed, and you can tell. But but it. Uh, it- yeah, I don't it's, think it's the worst of the franchise. No, like, although, like, I mean, I haven't seen, you know, all of them, so I've basically just seen the first three, but I had a hell of a fun time with Child's Play 3. I think it, it was just, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's definitely rushed, and it's perfectly obvious that it is, but, eh, I don't, I wouldn't even call it a nitpick for that movie. I think it, it kind of works, and... You know, because it's just okay. Shenanigans just start ensuing, and things happen, and and it's just you're just in it for the ride, and it's you know I have so much fun with it. So, like you know, I, I'm gonna die on that hill of you know I love Child's Play Three. So. Well, <laughs> well, um, I didn't think it was one of my favorite kills until the cinema snob said something. I was watching one of his video. I think he did a video last year or earlier this year on Child's Play Three. And he brought up, it's kind of a funny kill in Child's Play 3, but 
it's something he's always wanted to see in this in a, in a horror franchise, and that's somebody dying of a heart attack seeing something like that. Like, I would probably have a heart attack, too, if a doll just popped out of nowhere and was swinging, yelling and swinging a knife at me. Yeah. And Chucky's response, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> like, we're not here to debate the fucking lethal haunted house that they go into at the end of the film, but it's... You know, we thought OSHA didn't shut down the good guy factory, then they sure she didn't shut down that haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think about it, the first three Child's Play films, everywhere... Chucky goes, it's a fucking death trap. Look at the fucking uh, the hospital that Andy's being held at. That place is a fucking death trap. <laughs> yeah. so you look at the good guy factory at the end of two. And then this fucking haunted house at the carnival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, look at, the, look at the fucking hospital from part one. <laughs> so Mr. Point out they left Andy in his street clothes in his room. <laughs> like should you take away his belt and his shoelaces? Yeah, really. And there's no it's Chicago in the wintertime. There's no glass in that fucking window. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I could be, I could be unraveling this fucking sweater all day. <laughs> we don't we don't do this for the we don't watch these films for the logic. We watch them to see the awesome kills. Yes. To watch terrible people get what they deserve. Yep. <laughs> so we advance to the bonus round. Now, if you could pick up on the sarcasm in the Valley Girl voice at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> Melissa's not a fan of the Saw franchise. Well, I often bust her chops for it because she, she you got, what, 15 minutes into the first one and yes. tapped out? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I also, I, I often bust Melissa's chops over this because Saw 1 is the tame one of the franchise. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I tried and I just it, it's it is funny to me, you know, I love my slasher films and everything, you know, and I've always said, you know, the gorier the better for a kill. Um but with the Saw film, no, that was fucking pole vaulted over the line of what I could handle <laughs> and it was like, nope. No, I'm grossed the fuck out. I'm done. Well, like, <laughs> I I want to say that Saw. I think you talked about this off air too. I want to say that Saw would technically fall under what we call the torture porn category. Yeah. So like Saw franchise, the hostile franchise. There's one called Teresa's. 
or yeah. your human centipede films, like mm. your torture porn films. I've seen some. I've seen some weird fucking torture porn films, dude. Like, if you want weird, I could I could point you in the direction of some weird fucking films <laughs> that fall under this category. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for the offer, but no. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've there's films I've seen once, and some of the scenes are still like scarred in my brain <laughs> forever. Like I went and saw. I wrote. I went in college. I went and saw the first. Um, I went and saw the first uh, Hostel film with my friend Jen. <laughs> and, we got looked at weird because we were laughing the whole time and it, it wasn't because we're laughing at the people getting tortured or anything we were laughing because there's a scene where this like i think it's so hostile are you familiar with the hostile franchise melissa um i just know it by title i'm not really familiar with what it's about or anything okay so, so it's been a while since i've seen it but um uh, these people are back. People are back at packing through Europe, and they stay in hostels. And these people are taken hostage by people that live, by the people who run these things, and they are sold to rich people. Rich people just come in and torture them. Um, fun fact, though, uh, the guy that played El Diablo in Suicide Squad, I believe he's in the first hostel. Okay. Uh, but the reason why me and my friend Jen were laughing during this one, during the first one, was uh, I think it's that char- I think it's his character. He's tied up to this chair, and this rich guy comes at him with a chainsaw, and he cuts. I think his name is what Jay Hernandez in real life, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this rich guy cuts off his fingers with his chainsaw. But what what made me and my friend Jen laugh is that the Guy slips on the fucking fingers with the chainsaw still running, <laughs> and the chainsaw's <laughs> digging into his fucking leg. <laughs> and me, and my friend, are sitting there just laughing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so we got some weird looks for that. Oh, that. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I'd always say Saw. I think a lot of Rob Zombie's films get categorized under torture porn also. Yeah, I could see that. If I could see anybody transcending slasher and torture porn, it'd probably have to be Terrifier. Mm. Art the Clown definitely walks in both worlds, torture porn and slasher, which is why I, I like the first Terrifier film. But it's on that short list of films I have to watch something pleasant afterwards, you know, to get in a good headspace again. Mm. And it's kind of why I don't want to. I, I, I kind of do want to see Terrifier 2. But I told my buddy Mikey, go, I don't think I can see it in theaters because it's two. And here, get this, Melissa. The Terrifier 2 is two and a half hours long. Oh my god! And I like a good slasher film, a good hour and a half, two hour slasher film. I can handle it, but after a while, oh, I can handle. I could. Let me rephrase that. I can handle a slasher film. Yeah. 
and I can handle like a good two two and a half hour long horror film if it's more of a slow burn, like your mm. it chapter twos, like that that kind of slow burn stuff. I can handle that mm-hmm. for two two and a half hours. But I told my buddy, our buddy Mike, like I go, I think two and a half hours of the slashers, like just killing and killing. Plus with the degree that the first terrifier is. And from what I'm hearing, people are passing out and puking during terrifier two. Yeah. I'm like, I'll have to watch this one at home so I can watch something pleasant afterwards because after a while, it's going to start to bum me out after a while. Like, yeah, emotions. It's just going to start to, it's going to drain me emotion. It's going to bum me out after a while. Mm -hmm. I call me a wuss, whatever. Like, that I can't. Like, I, I'm not. I, I'd watch it. Like I, oh, eh, two and a half hours of just kill, like nonstop killing, is gonna bum me out after a while. I think. Yeah, I think it would. I think it would just get kind of bum me out, but also kind of just be a little boring after a while. If that makes sense, like just kind of like, okay, is you, you're gonna you know do anything else, or is there gonna be you know something else to this other than just you know slaughtering the fuck out of somebody or a whole bunch of people you know like it just I don't know yeah, and it, it it's no slide against uh, Terrifier the direct, art, the writer the director the performer nothing yeah. like uh, the, the guy that played him was supposed to, the guy that played art in the full length feature Terrifier was supposed to be at Midwest Monster Fest this past year and oh. he's really creepy in his art because he's got mime experience and art doesn't mm-hmm. talk. So he's, he plays it really creepy. And I'm not saying that this new one's like nonstop from beginning to end just kills because I haven't seen it. But mm-hmm. I, go, I go, if they're trying to write, and I, was talk, I talked to Mikey about this a lot. I go, the, I've talked to, I think, the other Mike about it too. I'm like, if they're trying to raise the stakes from the first one, Two and a half hours of that is really going to bum me out after like about an hour and a half, two hours. I'm going to start to get bummed out. Like, yeah. Anyway, hey, we haven't had a good side tangent in a long time. No, we haven't, have we? <laughs> you, you tried to distract me from Saw. How dare you? <laughs> Damn it! You're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're getting another Saw film too coming soon. Apparently, I'm jumping up. Tobin Bell, Tobin Bell coming back. (laughs) I'm sure you are. Uh, (laughs) Tobin Bell's been in a shit ton of these sequels for being killed off in the third one. Of now, what if you count Spiral, a nine-film franchise? (laughs) (laughs) Tobin Bell has been in flashbacks in all but. And all but Spiral, actually. I think the only one he hasn't been in. Hmm. I'm sure you had to do some internet digging for this. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I, I had to do it for, as a refresher because I haven't gone through the whole franchise in a while. Yeah, um, Yeah, it was um, it was thanks to YouTube that they had. There was a whole um, 
playlist of the different the traps and the the traps in the games whatever so um i'm mostly like i obviously like i focus on the traps so i saw those and i basically well, I, I picked the less cringy one <laughs> well I'm, I'm curious i'm curious what you picked because since you haven't followed the whole timeline of saw it starts off with Tobin bell's character john kramer putting these people through tests and you find out even though after he's killed after he dies in part three these tests still keep happening because he's had assailants the whole time mm. helping him and when uh jigsaw sets up these tests there is a way for the person in the trap to escape and redeem themselves you know to like set them straight you know but mm. you find out that some of his assailants are setting up traps that they cannot get out of yeah. So they're flat out killing people. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see. Is what? Sorry to interrupt you there, but oh, it's okay. I thought I thought you might enjoy that little tidbit because just because there's been more, just because there's been so many assailants helping Jigsaw along the way. Yeah. Um. See, I think this is from. Um. I know you you know better than than I do with these films, but I think it's from the first one, because um, they didn't like they kind of labeled them, but it was sort of like oh here's saw trap whatever. So anyway, is it, is it the reverse bear trap? No, not the reverse bear trap. <laughs> it's the um, the quadruple shotgun one. The shotgun carousel. Uh, I think so. Six people tied to a car- uh, a merry-go-round and four no. shotgun shells. Two of them get to live. This one, it's like a trip thing. Like it hits it and it shotgun goes. Oh, off. okay. Yes, yes. Okay. So, um, Danny Glover's partner, I can't think of his name. I just know him from, uh, I know this guy from, uh, the first rush hour film. <laughs> um, yeah, he's chasing after Jigsaw down the hall. He trips and like four shotguns go off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get you. It was like a booby. It's a. It's a more of a booby trap for uh, Jigsaw's warehouse than it is an actual trap to test somebody. But yeah. Yeah, I like I said, it was the least cringy of the ones that I saw because yeah, I saw the reverse bear trap. I saw the uh, what was it the the wires one? Oh, the guy uh, that climbed through the razor wires. Razor wires, yeah. And uh, what was the other ones? Yeah, uh, in the first in the first film, you have the reverse bear trap with Amanda. Yeah. You had the guy that had to climb through the razor wire. Then you had a guy who had was in a room that had like a flammable jelly all over him. Yeah. And he had to <laughs> use this candle to find the combination to get out. Mm-hmm. You know, we might want to be careful of the candle. <laughs> yeah. And and then, you, of course, you have the main one with, uh, well, you have Zep, Zep, who's getting his, get the, 
the doctor's assistant who's watching the two guys chained up in the bathroom. So it's like a tra- it's like a test within a test within a test. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Like, I don't. I, to, I think you should at least finish the first one because the first one really is like tame compared to the rest of them. Uh, well, it's, yeah. it's 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 low it's low budget it's it's not very uh not really gory no per se um but uh, it's like the easiest one to watch i'd say if you're not in the super gore but um um i actually had a well kind of two runner up for this one i i do like the setup of uh lee wanell and carrie elois's characters being chained to the radiators and stuff i I do like that setup. I do like that trap. It's iconic. Um, but one of my runners up was the shotgun carousel from Saw Six, mm. which this one's like uh, Jigsaw getting back at the uh, insurance company that failed to cover him while he's died. The underlying story is that John Kramer Jigsaw is dying of cancer, and mm. he tries to kill himself, and he lives. So his whole reason behind the testing people is, like, for example, the guy at the razor wire in the first one. Uh, it's a guy that attempted suicide. So um, Jigsaw abducts him because, well, did you do that because you wanted to die? Or were you trying to get attention? So it's he's trying to get people to appreciate their lives more is what it is. So... Um, Lost my train of thought. So yeah, the, the guy with the razor wire, he's trying to get through that. So in Saw Six, uh, John's trying to get this uh, experimental surgery done uh, for his treatment done for his cancer, and the insurance company won't cover it. So it's the head of this insurance company had to do all these tests, making choices with all of his employees who lives and who dies. Because that's what he does every day. He chooses who he essentially chooses who lives and who dies amongst uh, clients. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So he's got one called the Shotgun Carousel, where he's got six employees strapped to this merry-go-round with four shotguns, <laughs> and he has to pick which four die and which two live. Oh wow. And it's his six, what does he call them? Uh, he's got a term for these six people in his team called like the dog pound or something like that. Because these people, these are his crew of people he hires to find things, to find reasons not to cover people. <laughs> so like one guy gets denied coverage because he had uh, gingivitis or something like that. Well, gingivitis leads to this, which leads to this. So we can't cover you. It's an under it's a pre-landing condition. So he hires these people just to dig in and find this nefarious shit. So he they have reasons not to cover people. Yeah. Like these backhanded lame ass excuses why they can't cover people. Mm-hmm. So when he they have these six people tied to this Marigarod, it keeps spinning around. And one person lands and he either has to shoot the gun, he has he either has to press the gut the button to kill one, kill them or pass them. So you see how fast these six people start turning on each other. They start telling lies to get the 
get to get the boss to save them. Mm. I think that was a pretty neat one. Um, but uh, my favorite trap from Saw comes from Saw 7 or Saw 3D, the quote-unquote final chapter, <laughs> which there would be two movies after that. But um, <laughs> uh, this trap is called the Horsepower Trap. Okay. And it, the guy in the trap is the one and only Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. Oh, boy. Yeah, um, this was probably the first one of the first traps. It was cringy for me to see, actually. So I made it all the way to seven <laughs> before <laughs> I got a little fruit. Oh, the the pit of needles and number the pit of hypodermic needles on number two is a little cringy too. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that's Shawnee Smith's acting. Um, but uh, <laughs> oh, she makes it look painful. I think that's what adds to it. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of needles, whatsoever. Yeah. But uh, so Chester Bennington plays uh, a, a Nazi or a, a white supremacist, and he is glued to his car seat, and he has to like his bare back is glued to his car seat. <laughs> and he has 30 seconds to get free or else his car drops off the dolly it's on crushes his girlfriend and two of their white supremacist friends oh god <laughs> and, and you see him like sing forward and you see like the skin just ripping off his back oh. and we all love Lincoln Park, that classic Chester yell he does during his songs. Mm. Imagine that being a, a, a cry of pain. Oh. And of course, he doesn't make it out of the trap and he crushes his girlfriend. Uh, I think what it was is his girlfriend is under the, the, the riser or the, uh, what's the fucking, under the lift, the hoist. So the car crashes down, crushes her. There's a friend tied behind, like chained up behind the car. So as soon as the car hits the, the ground, it like shoots to 60 miles an hour instantly. Cause I think his feet are like attached to the pedals too. Or something's rigged up to the car where it's automatically going to like step on the gas as soon as it hits the ground. And one of his friends is attached to the door in front of the car. So yeah, four people die and like, three seconds because he does not unglue his back from the seat. He does not fully detach himself from the back of the, of the seat. It's like to teach him a lesson about them being racist and hateful and shit. Mm. I know I sold, I know I sold you a ticket on a bride of Chucky, but I don't think I sold you on the rest of the soft franchise. (laughs) I was going to say <laughs> when you're like when you're trying to sell me on oh you should watch um, you know at least the first one because you know that one's the the least you know the take like, like I would say saw one I'm not trying to bullshit you I'm not trying to con you into watching it it really is like the least gory of the entire franchise because it it started as a 
it's a James Wan film, if you didn't know that. So it started like Humble Roots and and Lee Wanell. Yeah. And it, it originally actually originated from like a a short film actually with uh, Lee Wanell who plays Adam in this one. It's him in the reverse bear trap. Okay. So yeah, and that's like a mm, less than fifteen minutes long mm. short film. But yeah, this one is the first Saw film is easily like the least gory of the franchise. Yeah, but I mean, like I, I know you're just you're making the point that yeah, it's not the the most gory of of them, at least in your you know opinion of it. But I was going to say that, you know, you've totally sold me on watching Bride of Chucky now. <laughs> but I am not watching Saw. I, uh, it just grossed me out. I couldn't... It would probably be one of those where if I watch the whole thing, I have to watch something nice after or something. Like, I just... Oh. Uh, I, I wouldn't feel good after that. Oh, like, well, one of my favorite... There's... But at least three films I have to watch something pleasant after. Yeah. Uh, one of them I really love. It's John Carpenter's The Thing. Really? I love that. I love that film, but I have to watch. I care so much for animals. Oh. Um, that, that that kennel scene gets me every time. And now that I co-own a husky with my girlfriend, it's gonna be even harder to watch that scene now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so like John Carpenter's the thing, uh, Terrifier, and Lords of Salem. I have to watch something pleasant afterwards. Mm. And like Lords of Salem is not even scary; it's just fucking weird in my eyes. Like, I I recently yeah. watched Lords of Salem again with Kelsey. That night, I was having weird nightmares, mm. like weird dreams. Like I don't know what it is. Yeah, there was. There's one movie I saw. It was a couple years, well, quite a few years ago now. Um, I can't remember the title of it, but it it wasn't actually a bad movie or anything like that. Like I I kind of enjoyed it, but it scared the living daylights out of me. Like I I don't think I really had any weird dreams or anything, but I couldn't sleep because of that fucking movie. We saw it on the the original '90s show or the Bill Skarsgård one. Which what? Not it. Oh, I thought you said it. I, no, I no, it's. I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember the the name of it, but it's basically. Oh, what the hell was it? It was. Um, I remember an actor in it. I'm gonna see if I can quickly find it but it really um it was an interesting film and i think it was it was more or less like kind of the the mind fuck where it was just it really gave you a lot to think about and and then it had like the scares and things in there um oh yeah the quiet ones it was a 2014 horror film and it's basically um it was this college professor who leads his students um, off the grid to basically do a, a an experiment to create a poltergeist, and it's just like this whole thing. It's a very much a it's a slow burn of a film, 
Um, but it legit scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> I, when you said the quiet ones for a second, I thought you were going to say the one I was thinking of. But when I talked about the, like, I've seen some films, the torture porn movies, man. Uh, I think it's called The Loved Ones. Okay. And it's like this awkward girl who kidnaps this boy she likes and like holds him hostage at her house. And they have like a makeshift prom and stuff. And her dad is fucked up in the head too. And he kidnaps like a woman to be his date. And it's like this, and they're, they're torturing this poor kid out the whole episode and the whole film. And yeah. it's fucking weird. <laughs> but yeah, like that's one of those like mind, like, like I said, like Lords of Salem, not even a scary movie. I love Rob Zombie. Yeah. So it's a unique film, but like, every time I watch it, I'm like, I just have to watch something pleasant afterwards. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's funny how sometimes films just just do that. Yeah. This one. Yeah, because it was basically the they were the whole experiment revolved around a. Um, a young woman who you're basically testing her sanity and pushing it to the point of they were like triggered that like these polder guys basically the, the theory was that they would manifest from negative energy and so they were doing all these tests and basically pushing her and um a whole bunch of shit basically goes down and it's basically like kind of at the start it's a bit slow and then once it really gets into it and yeah i <laughs> I mean, I kind of wish that, you know, I watched that like at home or something, because then I probably would have, you know, like watched something good after that. I probably should have watched something good because it just, uh, I haven't seen it since 2014, but it was my basic, I think it might have been like the second, maybe second horror film I'd actually seen because. I hadn't, it was my baby steps in getting into horror films. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, the quiet ones just, ugh. yeah, nope. <laughs> but, it's, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's those, those mental head fucks, man. Like, I yeah. don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Lord of Salem, Lords of Salem that gets me every time I watch it. I've, I've seen it twice beginning to end and every time I've had. Weird things happen. It's like well, Kelsey and I watched The Mist. For um, Kelsey had never seen The Mist before, um, but I've seen it before, so I know the, I, I was aware of the downer ending that was coming. Okay. But um, yeah, she immediately popped in uh, The Greatest Showman afterwards. She needs to see something happy. <laughs> yeah. Like there's certain films like that. I'm like I had to watch something pleasant. I think. When I went and saw the thing in theaters this year for the 40th anniversary, it was the first time I didn't have to watch something pleasant afterwards because I think the Avs just won game three of the Stanley Cup playoffs, mm. Stanley Cup finals. So I had that. <laughs> yeah, you had. You could be like, okay, I'm going to go back to those thoughts, and that's my happy place. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's funny how that, that happens. But yeah, it's, that's the only one for me that I can immediately think of that really scared me. Otherwise, nothing's really scared me to like to that extent, really. 
Yeah. So it doesn't have to be bloody and gory to scare you. No. <laughs> I'm usually like, you know, being the slasher fan. It's like, oh, more blood. <laughs> well, like I said, we, we don't we don't show the slasher films for the plot. No, never. <laughs> or the logic. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's... Because like I could pick apart films all day. Like I'm still a year later at the end of Halloween Kills. How the fuck did Michael get 61 year old Michael Myers get all, all like get all the way back to his house, surrounded by cops yeah. after he just gotten the shit beat out of him by half of fucking Haddonfield, <laughs> sneak past all, all these cops. In his house to kill uh, Laurie Strode's daughter. <laughs> and nobody heard it. I thought Jason had teleportation powers. Like, <laughs> he had to. He how had... in the fuck did he get back so fast? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's got a time turner. He took it from Hermione. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't, know he was ta- I didn't know he was taking extra credits that semester. <laughs> or is she going to go Doctor Who rub? Because, you know, I've been on a Doctor Who marathon recently. Uh, you know, Vortex Manipulator. Just punching coordinates and boom, you're there. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we, we could really sit and, like, poke holes in slasher film logic left, right, center, until the cows come home. But, oh, like, absolutely. Like, what well, the fuck was that? What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. When you Are stop, you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's when you stop and think about it that it's like, um, what? At, what? No. At, how, how did you get from A to No. What the, I, I, re- <laughs> I really think this is why, well, I think this is one of it's never brought up, but I think this is really one of the reasons why Wes Craven put Freddy in the dream world. Mm. So he wouldn't question any of the shit that happens. Yeah. We all know the inspiration that happened. We all know the inspiration behind Freddy. But when something out of the ordinary happens, you don't question it. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to, you're going to question Jason and Michael teleporting all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, or how a, a doll with one hand can tie somebody, tie up a full-grown human. Yeah, exactly. Like, but, yeah, you you don't you don't ever watch it for the plot. It's always the it's, it's always the kills. It's, it's the end of the day. It's to watch, <laughs> it's to, it's to watch horrible people get what they deserve. Absolutely, and it's and, always unless, unless satisfying. <laughs> Well, and and there and there's exp- there's exceptions like Andy. You don't you don't want to see anything bad happen to Andy. Yeah. You don't want to see anything bad happen to really a lot of the Elm Street kids. Mm-hmm. A bulk of them, you know, you don't want to see anything bad happen to them. Yeah. A lot of the kids in Haddonfield and and uh, Crystal Lake, you don't give two shits about them. Yeah. But or, yeah, there's. Or whoever's breaking into the Sawyer house. <laughs> I will defend it today. I'd die. Uh, Leatherface was defending his. Those kids broke 
into his house. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh well. Here I'm gonna rain here about talking about fucking logic and horror movies. I cannot do that. <laughs> oh, that's fun though. <laughs> it really is another podcast for another day. Absolutely. Probably about five hours. Maybe next Halloween we can pick our favorite, our favorite. We'll poke our holes in our, the most what the fuck logics, yeah, horror films. And like, <laughs> maybe next Halloween. Yeah. There you go. That'd be actually like, like, like two years later, Jared's still hung up on fucking <laughs> at the end of Halloween Kills. <laughs> Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> There's been another entire Halloween film since you've been hung up on this shit. (laughs) Well, my number one, what the fuck is... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Then the year after that, we take the cinema snobs... We got a petition to change Friday the 13th Part 6. Uh, is that the final chapter? No. Uh, fourth final chapter. Uh, uh, part 6 is an, a new beginning? No. Uh, Jason lives. Jason lives. Yes. That's it. I said we get a petition going to do what we call the cinema stop. We should call it Friday the 13th Part 6. Nice going, Tommy. Because <laughs> if Tommy didn't dig up Jason in part six, nothing would have happened. <laughs> from six from six on out, nothing would have happened to anybody <laughs> if Jason didn't dig up Tommy. Or Tommy didn't dig up... Uh, yep. If Tommy. Tommy didn't dig up Jason, nothing would have happened <laughs> after part six. <laughs> the exactly. series would have ended with Roy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> uh, funny because I've met that Jason too. I've I've met that Jason and that Tommy. Oh yeah. Yeah, we were at uh, Midwest Monster Fest two years ago. Oh nice. I didn't. I actually, t- I talked to CJ Graham. I, would, I, I think I shared that on the Midwest Monster Fest episode. I had a funny encounter with C.J. Graham. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, I just kind of waved at Tom Matthews and stuff. Mm. Tom Matthews seemed cool. There's... Yeah. Apparently he is. Like I've, I've, he's, he's been to um, Scarefest in Lexington a couple of times. And, yeah, I've definitely heard good things from people that have gone. And met him. Um, have you seen the fan film, Friday the Thirteenth films? Uh, Never hike alone and never hike in the snow. No, I haven't watched those. Uh, I, what, I can't remember what they're called. I can't remember the name of the studio. Check them out; they are really good. Okay. Um, I think they're on YouTube. Um, he returns as Tommy in 
Never hike in the snow. Oh, cool. Yeah. Tom Matthews returns as Tommy Jarvis. Yeah. Definitely check him out. I think you'll like him. Okay. Yeah. I think that does it for the spooky season for us this year, Melissa. I think so. I hope you all had a great spooky season. It went by way too fast. It really did. I think that I blinked and missed it. <laughs> I blinked in between episodes of the Adams family. <laughs> Which, again, still great show. Great mm-hmm. show. Um, those are favorite kills by slasher franchise. Uh, we were pitching, we were kicking around the idea of Leprechaun too, but Melissa, I think you've only you haven't seen any of the Leprechauns. Am I correct? Yeah. First one's probably the best of that one. Jennifer Aniston's first film. Oh yeah. Yeah. Unless you count Mac and me from 1986, where she's a background dancer, but again, her her first featured role is the first Leprechaun film. Okay. uh, Yeah, maybe for St. Patrick's Day, (laughs) we'll we'll make Melissa watch. Let's see, one, two. Uh, I believe there's eight or nine Leprechaun films. (laughs) Oh God. Professor Flitwick is in the first six of them. <laughs> that doesn't help. <laughs> There's fucking nine of them. <laughs> no, let me count. One, two, three. In space is number four, which also has your enchiladas guy in it. <laughs> um, so you, so you got Leprechaun 1, Leprechaun 2, Leprechaun 3, Leprechaun 4 in space. Yep, that's how fast you got the space, number 4. Um, what? <laughs> you got Leprechaun, lepre, lepre, oh, it gets better. Oh. Leprechaun in the hood. Are you serious? Leprechaun back to the, lepre, Leprechaun back to the hood. Oh, God. You got Leprechaun Origins. And you got Leprechaun Reborn or something like that. So there's eight. So I guess the last Leprechaun, Leprechaun Reborn or whatever it is, I haven't seen. And that one's taken the Halloween 2018 approach where it's erasing all the sequels. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Look what Halloween 2018 did, man. Everybody's erasing all their fucking timelines. Hmm. Yeah. That's the one I haven't seen. The Pokemon Origins was a fucking ripoff, though. <laughs> that was fucking horrible. That's me talking about a franchise that includes one space movie and two Leprechaun in the Hood films. <laughs> but I think the Origins one is bullshit. <laughs> Do not make me watch these. <laughs> it, it's got a good blending of horror and comedy. Um, the first three. The first three, if I, if I have you watched any of them, 
first three. If you like the first, I would say if you like Child's Play two and Child's Play three, watch the first three Leprechauns. Okay. They're very much in that like that cheesy humor mixed with horror. Okay. Yeah. Plus, it's Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis is the fucking man. <laughs> he played what, like six fucking characters in Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> this is what Warwick Davis was doing when he wasn't playing Wicket <laughs> or somebody short in the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> Uh-huh. If anything, watch the first one. The okay. two and three are like dumb, dumb, but like still better than the ones that come after it. <laughs> <laughs> like when, like when I met Clint Howard at Midwest Monster Fest, I had him sign a Water Boy photo because oh, it was another Water Boy. I'm like, well. If people don't know, Clint Howard, Clint Howard's been in, like, every fucking movie ever. Yeah. Um, But he had all these pictures to sign. Well, I go, well, you didn't have one of you in Leprechaun 2, so this will have to do. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a quote cam in Leprechaun 2. It's Clint Howard. He's in fucking everything. Yeah. I hope that they make a movie about my life. I hope Clint Howard is in it. <laughs> if not Clint Howard, then at least Brendan Fraser, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Or Dave Grohl. That'd be cool. Or or Judge Reinhold. <laughs> well, another you got two side you got two side tangents for the price of one episode uh-huh. that's our see the Nerd Nation's podcast is like the podcast that gives, it's like the house that gives out the full size candy bars of Halloween we gave you suit, we gave you two side tangents so we essentially just gave you like a full sized uh, Milky Way yeah you're welcome <laughs> we just keep on giving Melissa yep, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure we just started a war on the internet. Fuck Milky Way. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups. Sorry, I ate them all. <laughs> uh, well, Melissa, where can the listeners keep up with you if they choose? Uh, they can keep up with me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm at Miss Melissa N25. It's all lowercase, nothing fancy, so it's really easy to find and search. Um, I'm also I also have a art page on Instagram called Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer, and on there I post all my drawings and doodles and scribbles that I do. So, then check me out. You can check me out there. Um, where can they find you, Jared? Uh, you can keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. It's where you'll find pictures of my cats and of my beard. But uh, I think probably this time of year now, you'll be seeing me post off about a, a play I'm doing called a Christmas Carol, which I landed the role of Scrooge in. 
So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be posting a lot of stuff about that on social media. As a podcast as a whole, you can keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at nerdnationspodcast at gmail.com. So uh, be sure to go on the social media and let us know your favorite kills by a slasher franchise. Or you could send us an email at nerdnightnationspodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And if you want to keep listening to us as a podcast, uh, you can find us at our home at Podbean. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And on any one of those platforms, be sure to leave a rating and a review because it helps us be a little bit more noticed within the podcast community, and we really appreciate it. And uh, Halloween is done, sadly. October is my favorite month of the year. Uh, But the world is a scary place outside of Halloween time. But the best way we can get through this is to be excellent to each other. And nerd on, dudes. Christmas is coming. (laughs) <laughs> and Herner Cavill's in Black Adam The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone And do not represent the companies they happen to work for Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time Thanks for listening guys <laughs>